everybody, and welcome back to the Uneasy Terrain Explorers Club podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Doe, and I'm sitting here over Zoom with director, um, producer, filmmaker, Lucky Srudi. How are you doing today, man? I'm good, dude. It's nice to see you. I'm super happy to be here. Thanks for uh, taking the time. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man, I'm hyped because uh, you and I have talked like on and off for probably about a year now, but this is the first time we've actually like talked in person, so it's pretty sick. Yeah, for sure. Hopefully next time it will be actually in person. That would be even better. But yeah, this is this is rad. Yeah, I've always hoped to like make it out to a convention or something and and meet meet the people that all the people that we talk to online, you know, be super for cool. Sure. Yeah. Um, yo, go ahead. Sorry. I, no, go for it. No, I was just going to say uh, this uh, past year, 2020, I um, for the first time ever, I, I made it out to Cinema Wasteland um the you know they do it twice a year the first time um it was just as a like a i just went because i'm i've always wanted to go to that con but then they they did it in october again and um i had a table some films of mine were showing um and it, it was just really cool to meet everybody that like i know feel like i know you know through you know, the, the community online or, or whatever. And just like, um, so yeah, it was, you, you've got to come out to that or, or something, you know, uh, cause it's, it's cool to like, just be in the room with people that you feel like you already know. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's actually the convention I really want to make it out to. I think it's going to be happening in September this year. I'm going to really try to make it to that. Cause I've gone to like lots of other horror conventions and like, maybe you'll run into one person, you know, but every time yeah. I see photos from from uh from that, like every everybody's fucking there. And it's everybody. Yeah. And that's how it <laughs> felt. I was just like, oh, I know everybody here. It, it was really, <laughs> really cool. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'll be there. So uh I, I I hope that happens. Yeah, hell yeah. Um so I kind of want to start from the beginning. What got you interested in in horror in general? Like what is some of your earliest memories where you're like, oh, this is this is it for me. Oh boy. Um, well, I think, you know, my story in terms of like how I came to love the genre is not unlike a, a lot of other people. Um, I was always, you know, kind of the weird kid. I like, um, I liked Halloween. I liked monsters, you know, all of that sort of thing. Um, from a very, very young age, um, my dad is a chiropractor. There were skeletons all over my house from a very early age, obviously. Um, always loved skulls, skeletons, still do. Nothing has changed there. But um, but in terms of like the actual genre, um, I just remember my dad, again, introducing me to the um, Universal Monsters, the things that he grew up on um early vincent price movies all of that and it just captivated me super early uh, i just remember really connecting with um that material um but also just being fascinated with monsters and just like wanting to see anything that had to do with something that was not the norm i guess um and then like everybody you know you get older and that stuff is cool still, but you, I mean, 
you just want a little more, you just want to go a little deeper. Um, and then it just spirals out of control. And sometimes you leave it at the surface level. You're like, yeah, I've seen Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th and that's all well and good. But then you and me were like, let's fucking find the the deepest shit that we can. And it just like, it never ends, you know? And I'm still just like a bottom feeder through and through. I'll watch anything. So um, I think uh, I think that's really, I mean, it's just, if I really deconstruct it, you know, it's like always feeling like I didn't fit in, always feeling like, you know, an outsider to a certain degree. And I feel like horror is definitely something that binds those type of weirdos, you know, um, same with with the music that I like, same with, you know, I, I've always just been a fan of outsider art. And I think, I mean, as, as mainstream as it is, I think that horror at its core is an outsider art, you know. Um, but yeah, I think, um, I think I always just held on to that. Um, and that's been a, the, the connective tissue in all of my years as a, as a genre fan, that still is just what, what I'm drawn to about it. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that horror is just like one of the facets of like counterculture and, and like kind of finding your ilk or a little group that, that exists a little bit outside of like the mainstream or whatever. And um, I think that's why also when you find people who are like into horror, they're also into like alternative styles of music or some other weird niche thing that they're into as well. Um, but you talked about being into some of the more the deeper uh, I liked the the term bottom feeder that you you had I like that a lot um, what what was it that transitioned you from doing like the more mainstream traditional horror stuff to being like ooh, I like this more extreme more uh, taboo corner of this genre sure so um like you, I'm sure, I don't know how old you are, but um, I think we're around the same age, I would imagine. Um, growing up, you know, with the internet, mm-hmm. um, it was very easy to kind of, uh, I, I guess it didn't take very long to, in my exploration, to kind of come across uh, something that had the phrase disturbing, most disturbing movies, like a YouTube video in my suggested thing or whatever, you know, and that's like a very, for like a, you know, 12, 13, 14 year old, that's like super eye catching. You're like, I, I want to know what, what are the most disturbing movies ever made? Yeah. Um, so it was definitely some of that. It was definitely just also, uh, aside from that, really being drawn to gore and special effects. And with that, you know, more of that comes with more extreme you know less mainstream released movies you know um so i think understanding that from an early age um and you're like okay well this movie doesn't have a lot of what i want to see in it and this was in the theaters what doesn't come out in theaters and you know um maybe that has a little bit more in it um I was lucky enough to to have some mom and pop uh, video stores where I was growing up. Um, so that definitely helped in that exploration. But as far as like really diving deep into 
um underground you know extreme cinema mm-hmm. um in i in about 20 i think it was 2015 2014 or 2015 um there was uh, i'm from upstate new york originally and i was home um for the summer uh and there was a an underground film festival called slaughter in syracuse i've told this before um but it was like super formative um and you know at this point i had i had seen kind of like the the tent poles i guess of like what would be the surface level of like more extreme like i seen cannibal holocaust love cannibal holocaust still one of my favorite movies ever made um you know was aware of like other things you know august underground maybe i don't know if i had seen it by that point but um still aware but like hadn't uh dove in i guess um but i really i was like oh man this slaughter in syracuse syracuse is like a three-hour drive from where i was living and i was like i'm gonna go and uh i went and it was i mean the lineup was unbelievable it was the first time i'd ever seen a james bell film they showed tantrum um on the big screen uh maggot was there showing one of his movies Fred Vogel showed, I don't even remember. It might have been the Reds, might have been Reds and Tower. I can't, I can't even remember now. But it was like one of, it was an anniversary of one of his movies. Lucifer Valentine showed Perfect Child of Satan, I think. Um, Brian Pollen showed. I mean, it was just. Oh, maybe that was. I can't remember. It. I. Regardless, it was super transformative in the way that. I didn't know people just made what they wanted to make, if that makes sense. Like, I didn't have any idea that people like me, seemingly, were just like, I have an idea and I'm going to make it. And I don't care if it goes anywhere. I don't care if anybody sees it. I don't care if it's for anybody else. This is what I want to do. This is what I want to see. And I'm going to do it. That was, I didn't know that that existed. So in terms of not only seeing films that were like kind of blew my brains out in terms of just like what I was watching, um, it also was just like, wow, this is, you know, this is possible. Not And, and I don't even remember, I mean, sure, watching movies, you're like, man, I would love to make a movie, you know, like that thought always I mean, for me, has always entered my head, but I am from bumfuck nowhere. I don't know anybody in the industry at all. I don't know any, you know, so like that was just so far out of my realm of possibility. So to be able to see people, normal people who didn't obviously didn't have a studio budget behind them to like make what they wanted to make, that was super important to me. Um and then, I mean, it was over from there, just like anything, anything I could find, all of the, you know, the deepest corners of everywhere. I, I, I tried. It didn't mean I liked everything, but I would try, you know. Um, so that was definitely the like, for sure, the turning point, not only for what I consumed, but 
it changed. I mean, it, it was another few years until I attempted to do it, but, um, but it planted the seed for sure of like, oh, wow, maybe some, maybe I could do this at some point, maybe. Yeah. I mean, that's, I'm actually really envious because, uh, the slaughter in Syracuse, like I remember them advertising it and I'm, I live in California and I mm. literally considered flying out to go because the fucking lineup was stacked, dude. Yeah. Like, it was like, holy shit. And it was right when uh blood shock was coming out and i think that's what the fuck it was yeah and th that wasn't even finished it was like a rough i don't know if it was colored or whatever but yeah marcus cook was there it was crazy it was crazy yeah i was like no fucking way and like yeah if it's as someone like if you don't leave it inspired by that that event like what the fuck you know like yeah. it sounded incredible and i honestly am blown away that there hasn't been like more that came from that like another one because like i don't know it's like honestly kind of like legendary like it's kind of like the the woodstock of fucking <laughs> of like horror horror convention festivals or whatever so yeah. that's really sick that you got to go yeah i i honestly wish that i like knew now what i or know now what i what am I trying to say? I wish I knew then what I know now about like everybody and like about the scene and stuff, because I just felt like I didn't, I didn't know what I was. I didn't know what was there. I didn't know who was there. You know what I mean? I was just like, Oh, this looks fun. I'm going to go. But like, man, if I could go back as me knowing what I know now and like really take it in and understand what it, what it was, uh, that would be pretty cool. But yeah, it was a good time. It was a good time. I mean, yeah, I, I think that definitely it would have had an impact, like no, like meeting people and be like, oh, this is a legend, you know? Right. But uh, but I also think there's probably a magic to it that you were able to just go in and be like, whoa, this is fucking like a what like what a way to get introduced to a world, like to see all that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I just I I I remember it was tantrum i think was the first movie that that showed that i that i saw maybe i missed one but but i think the the first movie i sat down in the theater to watch was tantrum and i mean he was there james was there he had his like table set up it wasn't as elaborate as it is now because he wasn't doing as much but i i still have my copy that i bought from him that day right over there and i was like that like that was <laughs> insane what i just saw <laughs> um and i've told him he gets really uncomfortable when i talk about it because you know i've i've worked with him now uh somehow and like you know i know him and uh i'm like you know that fucking like changed my life like and he's like yeah well thanks man. you know he's like <laughs> super weird about it but i mean it like it really did it was like super important um, and I think about that all the time. I think about that watching that movie and it's just like, whoa, dude, what the fuck is this? Somebody made this. It was crazy. Yeah, that's super. And it's funny because like, uh, I don't know, since we're all so spread out, like I've worked with James a million. He's done effects for tons of my movies. I've never, totally. I've never met him in person. You know? <laughs> it's like, an experience it's an experience uh so it's, that's funny um yeah. so how did uh i don't know what which came first so you can kind of tell me but um mm -hmm. you have your company dead vision productions 
um did you start with dead vision productions and start releasing other people's work or did you start making your own movies first uh good question so i um we started with our own stuff so um i live in new york city now um and i started at this job um with a lot of other kind of performance types um i grew up an actor i thought that's what i wanted to be um way before i went to Slaughter in Syracuse way before anything. I just like thought I wanted to be an actor. Um, and I started this job and like, it was the first time that I had been at a place where there were so many people like in the in that grind, you know what I mean? Of like, just like trying to make it work out here. Um, and it's a lot of like waiting for permission to be told that you can do something right it's just like going to auditions like waiting in line for hours and hours for like 30 seconds for somebody to be like thank you very much um and like that never really sat well with me um and just seeing everybody just like living to work and working to live like that vicious cycle and and not being able to do what they are there to do and what they love it just like it bummed me out um so I met uh, some other guys at that at that job. We clicked pretty fast on our love of horror. And like, um, we were all kind of trying to be performers. And um, we were like, fuck that, man. That I don't want to do. I don't want to do this. You want to fucking just like wait around? So we were like, let's write a script. Let's just like write a script. Let's see what happens. You know, it's just something. Let's just do something. Um, so we like started to go to this coffee shop every week and we were going to write like this really weird, like mumblecore, like serial killer movie. I don't, it never got written. But what did happen was every time we met, we would like list, we would just get so excited and we would talk about all of the other things that we could ever possibly want to do or have an idea for or like all this oh i've always wanted to do a slasher movie but oh i've always wanted to do this so we ended up after like i don't know a month or so we had this list of all of these ideas um and we were like okay so we have all of these dumb little things and then we have a whole bunch of people that are like dying to just be a part of something and like work essentially uh, be creative. We're like, let's form like a little production company just as like, as a joke, we were like, Oh, let's haha, let's just do it. And let's make stuff on the weekends or whenever we could between the three of us, we had zero filmmaking ability, knowledge, anything zero. Um, but we were like, whatever. Let's just like try it. At the very least, it'll be something that we can all laugh about with our friends. They're like, hot, look at this funny thing that we made. Um, that was right around September. Um, the first thing we ever made was a Halloween short. Um, that Halloween, 2018 was the year this was. Um, and then like we did a Christmas one and we did like little mini like one minute ones just to like try, you know, and we use people from work. Um, and by the next year, by like, you know, the new year, we were like, this could be like, we could like try 
and like not have it be like a ha 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 thing. We could like try to do something. So what we were originally going to do was we were going to like round robin it because we all wanted to act. None of us want, had any interest in like directing or anything. So we were like, somebody has to write and direct first. And I was like, okay, well, I'll do it. Um, so I wrote Kindness of Strangers. I wrote that script and we shot that in the summer of 2019. And um, and having been to Slaughter in Syracuse and having like an understanding at that point and knowing people at that point, um, I knew like, oh, like, people make their own DVDs. People sell their own DVDs. Like, I, we don't need anybody's help to do this, really. So we made the movie, um, and it was a weird length. It was like 35 minutes, but I was like, James Bell's movies are 35 minutes. I could put this on a DVD and sell it. So, um, so that's what we did. And people were super nice. Um, uh, and that was, that was like kind of the turning point in terms of like, oh, this is like something that we could try to do a little bit more seriously. Um, so yeah, it was, it was our own stuff first. And then I started putting out, um, other people's stuff, uh, a little bit here and there. Um, and then those other two guys were like, oh, this is a little bit too serious than what we were looking for. Um, so they dipped, um, but yeah, that's that's how it started. That uh, it was like it really just started as as an outlet for people. Um, and I I have carried that through. That's like always been super important to me. I always want what I do to feel like I'm making cool shit with my friends. Like I don't ever, I don't really. If it doesn't feel like, like that to me, I don't really want it. You know what I mean? Um, that I've I've always tried to keep that at the forefront i just want to have a good time i just want to make cool shit with my friends well honestly man the fact that kindness of strangers was like your first like serious short that you did is like super impressive and i think oh, that you have you have talent because i was watching it just from like the the first like 30 seconds i was like whoa this is pretty fucking good like i and like you know, like one major flaw that people fucking do is like they don't shoot B-roll. It's just like scene. Like if you look at <laughs> future shit, it's just like scene, 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 and it's not filled with anything. And like right off the bat, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, I fucking see you. I see this shit. And like, I, yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if this was. I don't know if I was reading too much into things, but there was like some B-roll of some like leaves at the beginning where you kind of like set kind of set the tone with the, the dead girl and then once we're back with the main characters back at the house it's like the i think it was the same set of leaves at like night and it was like it was like oh we're fucking back here like and i was like i saw i saw that and i was like oh this is this i was like that was a perfect little touch i was like oh that's cool yeah, I was really, I was really impressed by it. I liked it a lot. And like, honestly, for that being like your first, like, serious endeavor, like, hats off to you, man. That was pretty cool. Thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. Um, Yeah, people, people seem to really dig it. Um, I was, of course, with everything I do, it, it hasn't changed at all. I'm like, I people, I don't know. I don't know. We had a good time. That's about all I can say about making stuff is like well we had a good time i don't know if anybody's gonna care or anybody's gonna watch it but um 
but yeah that's funny the b-roll thing because like i i'm a fucking slut for b-roll i like anything that i do there's a lot of b-roll in it um my producing partner now matt Sorensen, who i made freak and sleezo with he always he's like are we gonna get the the dripping faucet shot is what he calls it because i will always shoot a fucking dripping faucet and i it never fails if there is a bathroom that we're shooting in or like a kitchen or whatever i'm like turn the faucet on a little bit get a drip in the faucet i don't know why but yeah no i that's really funny that you said the b-roll that's good that's good yeah uh the other thing that I think you said that I'm just going to elaborate on, and this isn't more for, directed at you, more just towards people who are listening who might want to be creators of of this kind of stuff. Is like, I think within our community with like independent filmmaking, dude, fuck caring about timeline or, or duration. You know, like mm-hmm. everyone has this mindset, like, oh, I need to make a, I need to make it a, a, a ninety minute movie. Like, no, you fucking don't, dude. Like some of the most heavy hitting like infamous films like you could think of like um women's flesh my red guts right that's like four mm. minutes long and yeah. no one even thinks about it or you could right. think uh uh fuck what's it called necro necro the short necro that yeah. thing's 15 minutes long just make something impactful and powerful dude like this is this is just like this kind of filmmaking is just like a step it's still got the same ethos and mindset of like DIY punk rock culture. So who fucking cares about how long your movie is? If it's good, people are going to watch it, you know? And I think that's definitely the case with like kindness of strangers is like, honestly, dude, I enjoyed it. You told a really good story. And at no point was I like, that was too short or that was too whatever. I was like, that was a perfect, that was a perfectly told story, you know? So I, I appreciate that. And I agree with you. I would always much rather leave early than overstay my welcome yeah i i hate when i'm watching a movie and i'm like this is my whole life i'm gonna be here my the rest of my life watching this movie it's not gonna end and i'm gonna die um i never want to make anything like that i mean freak is 51 minutes you know what i mean and (laughs) some people are like that was perfect it was great blah 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 and some people are like i need i wanted it to be longer i will take both of those because like you know leave them wanting more i guess and like if you thought it was good that's great um so yeah i agree with you and and i really i did i made the joke earlier but i definitely did take a cue from james bell because he just makes what he's gonna make and it's as long as it's as as it's supposed to be and it's like whatever um so i i i appreciate you saying that because uh I all I agree. Yeah, I mean it's funny because like uh with my movies, like I shoot with Felicia Fisher a lot. Yeah. And, she, and she'll ask me, she's like, How long is this gonna be? And I was like, I don't fucking know. Like <laughs> <laughs> however it turns out. And, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't know. Um one thing that so I I actually bought a, a quite a bit of your early stuff when you were first starting out, uh Dead Vision. And one that I wanted to ask you about just on a personal level is is this because it intrigued me this is actually what made me like check you out is shorts from the morgue i fucking knew you were gonna pull that out oh i'm so embarrassed when people pull that out (laughs) yeah okay um so (laughs) that okay it was 2019 
Kindness of Strangers had been made. I hadn't made anything else, mm -hmm. but there was, um, so I went to school, I went to college in, in Boston and there was, uh, one of my favorite horror convention ever in the world was, uh, a convention called Rock and Shock, uh, in Worcester, Massachusetts. It's like an hour train away from Boston. Um, I obviously wasn't living in Boston at the time that I was making kindness to strangers and you know I was living in New York but I was like oh man my dream now that I'm like making stuff I want a table at Rock and Shock that's all I want in the world and I got one I bought a table in hindsight that is I can't believe it because I I mean obviously I just wanted to have a table I didn't really fucking care about having anything of value on the table it was just gonna be kindness to strangers that's all I had um, but I was like, oh, well, if, if I take all of the shorts that we had made and put them on a little compilation disc, it can also just be something for the table. So that we didn't end up going, um, there was a death in the family, uh, and I, we, we weren't able to go, um, so I just had these stupid things <laughs> that weren't ever supposed to be anything, but I needed to move them. I needed to get rid of them. Um, so yeah, I don't ever, that's so funny. I was like, Oh, watch it be fucking shorts on the morgue. Yeah. Um, so that is all of the early, that's everything before kindness of strangers on that disc. That's like, and I was just like, essentially going to give them out at the, at the convention or like, be like if you buy kindness of strangers like you can have one of these um that was really all it was supposed to be but because we didn't go to the convention i was like well fuck i'm not gonna sit on these <laughs> so um yeah they're floating around out there somewhere that's well, <laughs> so funny that's cool I, honestly dude like this year i'm actually thinking about doing something similar because i've got like uh three or four like short student films i made when i was like 19 oh and, wow cool yeah i'm just gonna be like here's some pre-putrid productions weird stuff and people will dig that yeah but they're not good like they're I'm <laughs> neither <fucking> of those <laughs> like but i think i don't know once you like build a fan base people will be like hell yeah i'm down like right Mark, yeah Mark yeah Cook has sold some shit that he did when he was young and i'm like this is not great <laughs> but yeah, you know I'm, I'm actually putting one of those movies out i'm gonna put one of those out um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, you're doing it the right way. I did it before anybody gave a fuck about it, but people <laughs> like what you do. So like, they'll be into it. People are like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. No, that's cool. I'm I'm excited for that. Well, I'm hyped that I have like a little piece of-, of <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Hold on to that. <laughs> um. All right. So moving on to, to Freak, which I think Freak was kind of like the movie that like really like got- got like people were aware of you and stuff but that came out and i think it made a pretty big splash and uh what can you tell us about that film yeah um i i would kind of agree i think that that was like another like kind of shift um uh so yeah we um in the in that transition period um of like i would say october of 2019 into the new year of 2020 was like pretty um weird for me um so like we didn't do the convention um 
and that was around the time that those other two guys that I formed Dead Vision with left. So I was like, well, fuck, I don't have anybody with me anymore. I don't know if this is ever, if I'm ever going to make a movie again. Um, I went through um, a pretty fucking like, like a, a breakup and I was like, oh man, like that fucking sucks. And then the world ended like three peat, like boom, boom, boom. And I was like, oh my God, like I'm, uh, the world doesn't ever, like I'm not supposed to be making movies, obviously. Um, and what's funny is that before the pandemic started, um, Matt Sorensen and I, who made Freak with me, um, were supposed to do, he was directing a production of Frankenstein. And he asked me to be in it. He was like, do you want to, it was like going to be like a college touring show. And he was like, do you want to do this? And I was like, sure. I don't have anything else going on. Um, so we were going to, we were gearing up to do that. And then the world shut down. So that wasn't going to happen. And he was like, what are we going to, like, we were both like, what are we going to do? And I was like, well, we could try to make a movie. And he was like, okay. Um, so we, um, I had an idea for a script. It was actually originally like going to be set in New York and um, the creature was going to like live in the subway systems and it was going to be a, like more of a, of a love story than it, than it turned out to be like, um, but I, you know, harvested whatever I liked from that script and uh, set it in the woods really trimmed down so it was just like a core number of people obviously because it had to be people that we were around all the time already um and uh and yeah we we made it matt um has his master's degree in um in puppetry uh so he was like can there be a puppet and i was like sure um no we were really excited about that that was like we were like oh, we want this whatever this thing is to like not look like anything else to move weird to do um you know just to be a little different um so we made it in the summer of 2020 we went up in the woods uh we shot and then it came out that october um and yeah everybody seems to seems to like it which is very nice i mean i i thought it was awesome i think that was the first I think that was the first film of yours that I like sat down and watched. And mm. also, and again, like you're just, your production value is really, really good, man. Like you, the acting is always great. I'm sure. Do you have like friends who are like in, in uh, acting or anything like that? Yeah. I mean, so I'm very fortunate in that, that since I grew up kind of in that world, um, I know a lot and, and I shoot everything up where I'm from. Um which is kind of like the land of a million favors. Like I can get away with a lot more up there than I would being like shooting anywhere else, which is helpful. Um, I kind of, it kind of feels like cheating sometimes. Um, but, but yeah, I know like through that, um, a lot of the people that we know and work with are are down to like come and play and, and all of them are, are super great. So that, that really helps. Uh, it helps to kind of like make me look better. Um, yeah because your talent is like always like on the money like and, and and here's the thing that i think is like the difficult thing is you could have like say you've got five actors and four of them are really good and one of them sucks 
that one that sucks is going to <laughs> stick out like a sore thumb, you know? Sure, and, sure. And you always have like a really even uh, cast. And um, so that's that was probably the first thing I really noticed is I was like, like, and, and your cinematography is amazing. Like you're like, uh, I don't know, man, you make actually objectively good movies, you know? And yeah, uh, um. And yeah, the fact that you went to, I, I thought it was like a very ambitious move to like make it do it like a puppet thing. Like I was like, I was like, damn, like I was like, this is like, this is, this feels like an 80s horror film. And it was, it was fucking cool. So, oh, cool. Thank you. That, I mean, yeah, we definitely, it was like a funny thing to like think about beforehand. We were like, let's make it a puppet. We were like, oh, okay. But then we're like, you know, knee deep in liquid latex and we're like peeling it out of the hair on our arms. And we're like, this thing is so fucking heavy. Who's going to fucking wear this? How is this going to work? How is it going to move? What did we do? Let's just fucking, why couldn't we just like do a guy in a suit like everybody else? Um, but no, it turned out, it turned out cool. I'm, I'm super proud of, of that movie and um and I'm just glad that it works. I'm glad that people uh, enjoyed it like they did. Um, I made the kind of movie that I like to watch. So um, I'm glad that, that plays. Uh, and again, James Bell, uh, that movie wouldn't be what it is without, I think, um, that opening, uh, the decapitation at the beginning. That was like, I remember putting that up. I was so excited about that. Um, I'd like, just like looking back at the footage before it was cut or anything i was like oh this is like this is cool and <laughs> like um so i was super excited and i put it in a in a one of the groups that we're in i forget which one um and somebody reached out to me like privately and was like hey you can't post real decapitations in this group <laughs> and i'm like i didn't i didn't do that i made this ah! so that was like super exciting um but yeah i mean he's he's the best and uh all of those those uh that those two sequences that he made the the opening and then the tent the like vertical split in the tent are just like are two of the like moments in that movie so um super cool yeah i'm glad that everybody likes it yeah i mean that's the ultimate compliment when you make something and people are like questioning whether it's real or not you're like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i'm yeah. like oh yeah the the creature hands sawing the guys that was like that didn't register to you at all all right cool yeah um so i saw on just your socials that you had done some screenings of it i was wondering what the like reception was while you were there and people were watching it in the theater and stuff yeah so we um the most recent one we we did screen it at cinema wasteland uh last uh the previous um october um it plays it plays well i've seen it it's really it's really fucking hard for me to watch something that i made in general but um especially with people like i kind of go through it um it's really hard for me but uh there are moments that i like know people will react to in some way um that opening the the head again is like okay like if you're into that people there will be a reaction um so that's kind of fun um 
but again, like taking myself out of it, it, it plays, it plays well. Uh, and people are always, um, very nice and very receptive to it. Uh, and again, it doesn't overstay its welcome. You know, people aren't getting like antsy in their seat or whatever, um, which is nice. So yeah, um, it played, it actually, the first time it screened ever, because it was still in 2020 and nobody was like going, like gathering anywhere, um, was at a drive-thru. And it was my first, or a drive-in, drive-thru. Yeah, it played at McDonald's. Um, it played at a, at a, at a drive-in. Um, and that was my first time at a drive-in, was watching oh, Freak. Uh, so that was really cool. And it was on Halloween. It was Halloween night. <laughs> it was a double it was a double feature uh they played hocus pocus and then they played freak so <laughs> it was pretty fucking cool um but yeah uh it it i'm i'm always happy i'm i'm the happiest when somebody in the movie is at a screening because that makes me feel really good because like seeing them like they bring a friend or whatever and they're like oh fucking look um that's like always something that I really enjoy. So yeah, it plays, it plays really well. Honestly, man, it would be like it, that had to be, that'd have to feel like magical to have it play at a drive-in. That's like a, yeah. I don't know how often you people like filmmakers in general get that opportunity. Yeah. It was, it was wild. And the fact that it was my first time ever like being like i i kind of missed that whole thing like where i'm from there there were maybe a few left but they're hours away from where i am from so like i never went to one growing up um but yeah seeing that like that uh and the first time that anybody like that we all it wasn't ideal i would have liked to have had it in a theater if i'm honest you know um but but we did get that the next year, um, <clears throat> my local film festival um, wanted to program it. They like got wind that I was making movies now and they were like, can we program one of your movies? I'm like, oh, you you don't show the type of movies that I make. Uh, that's okay, you don't have to be nice. And they're like, no, 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 like we want to, but like, we'll put it before the film festival actually starts. We'll like, we'll do a midnight showing like the Thursday night and then like the film festival will run as normal. I was like, okay, we can do that. So I did get it. I did get the like theater. Um, you know, we printed out a one sheet for the window. We like got all dressed up. We like had our like little premiere um, with everybody came out. So that was really cool also. But yeah, the drive through of uh, the God damn the drive in was really cool. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, and so like in preparation for us, talking today i kind of sat down and like watched your your films in like chronological order uh, mm -hmm. just to like refresh my memory and um i i by the time i got to uncle sleezo i was like man this guy's got some fucking diversity you know because <laughs> make the same shit over and over and over and over again like someone could even say that about me you know i made i've made the the um my trilogy of fetish gore films um and i'm trying like i'm taking a back seat to that and working on other things just to try to show some diversity but your filmography at this point just shows that you can do you're very multifaceted and can do a whole bunch of stuff and uh uncle sleezo is like a total like they all of your films have kind of like a fun element to them but uncle sleezo like you like 
leaned into it hard and uh uh and i have other things to say about it but but <laughs> people listening who uh have not watched it yet i'd like for you to or unfamiliar with it or whatever uh give us some context about what that film is and what was your sure. inspiration, your inspiration yeah um side note I would never say that about you. I would say the exact opposite about you because I feel like that's like the whole thing about your movies, right? Is that everyone, I they're in like a similar genre, but like they're different. They're different. <laughs> Don't sell yourself short. They're different. Thank um, you. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> uh, so Uncle Slezo's Toxic and Terrifying TV Hour um, was our follow-up up to freak again like we were saying I, I i did want it to be totally different um uh it plays like a block of cable television um there is like an old style like uh public access shitty uh horror host who like will bring you through the evening and the films that he shows are the segments in the anthology um we shot commercial breaks uh we shot wraparounds with him um so it really plays like a true block of uh of cable tv it's super fun it's super goofy it doesn't take itself uh seriously at all um most parts of it um and yeah we had a blast doing it we worked on it a really long time we shot we didn't shoot like you know all the way through obviously but um we were on that for like a year and a half like we we worked on it a long time um and yeah it's super fun it's uh we we have a good laugh every time we we sit down and watch it we're like oh yeah that's that's really funny <laughs> it honestly kind of like what it reminded me of a little bit was when grindhouse came out and mm. grindhouse was like a whole bunch of uh it's kind of like a grindhouse experience you know that you had two bills and then you had trailers in between but this was more kind of like um, you're watching a, a a TV program, kind of like um, mystery science theater kind of thing, or something kind of kind of kind of like along those lines. And so I watched I watched the whole thing, and I was like, and each one of the film the the like features that it showed was uh, all very very different. And then I really loved all of the commercials and stuff in between. Like I liked uh, the Jeffrey Dahmer's Playhouse thing. Um, I wanted to ask you, so there, there's like a, which one was it? It was the guy who is like, I'll clean up, I'll clean up your messes. I'll clean up. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 I've seen that dude on Facebook before. I'm sure you have. I'm sure not, you have. And I don't know if he's like for real or not. And, oh, uh, dude. He, <laughs> he's for real all right he's for real and yeah i saw i saw that you made that commercial with him but i was like hell yeah like to pick a perfect person for something like <laughs> dude i so that's so funny yeah i like you i've seen him all over and <laughs> he's always like you know i have a green screen i have no money i want to be in your movies and i'm like okay that's all it takes to be in a dead vision movie is like you just tell me that i'm like yeah fine so um i sent him that and i was like so side note in the very beginning when we were like planning the 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 like format for Sleezo, i really wanted it to be very like tim and eric very like you know that weird i the the commercials i i wanted them to be like super weird and like funny but like what the fuck is going on it evolved into something a little different a little like 
kind of toned down and like a little bit more um universally you know like people would get it but um but that is the that's the leftover is that guy and i just sent him the script i didn't give him any direction i was just like however you want to do this you just like do this and it couldn't have been any better he did it exactly he how he was going to do it and it's so good i yeah that always makes me laugh always yeah i was i was like hyped as fuck when i saw that guy show up <laughs> i was like no way like i was like because i've always thought like someone needs to utilize this guy i don't yeah. have i don't have a like a concept <laughs> in my head but someone needs to because he's oh dude yeah i'm glad i'm glad that that played that's awesome <laughs> so i watched the whole thing and i was like wow this is like because I, I was like i said i was getting those kind of like grindhouse feelings and i was mm. like i wonder who was like all involved with this like who made each one of the shorts who did whatever right so I sit and I watch the the credits and I'm like, holy shit. Were you disappointed? <laughs> no, I was like, you did all of it. Like, yeah, there were certain ones where people did things, but you did like 80% or more of that whole thing. And I was like, I was like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> like I was like, you're the most ambitious person I've ever met. Like that's oh, dude. honestly, yeah. if someone pr proposed that to me, I would probably say no. I'd be like, that is that's so much work but uh it, it was a lot of work it's a yeah. lot of work but like i really enjoyed like i i want to try to do like i want to play in every sandbox you know what i mean like i want to make every kind of horror like i just love the genre so much i just want to make it all so like that was what uh you know i was excited about to do it like i was like fuck yeah let's try it you know i might fall on my face for some of these uh but let's let's try it let's see what happens so um i was super into that and i'm glad that um i'm glad that it it felt at least a little bit like somebody had a turn making uh, different ones because uh, that's what i wanted i was like i do not want this to feel like one person made all of this that would look super fucking lame um i felt like like you opened up with the black and white one yeah and like you nailed it man like when they're in the car driving and talking i was like dang this looks like it's it looks like an old movie nice. and, uh, and yeah like you changed up your cinematography you changed up like the look and everything of it it's not and it didn't feel and this is where I was impressed with the first one is like you didn't just shoot it and then just put a black and white filter on it. Like, yeah, you really right. put in a lot of effort to make it look like in terms of it's of your camera work, in terms of like framing, in terms of everything. Oh, cool. It looked like, it looked like a old, old movie, you know, and then the next one had a totally different tone and all of that. So, yeah, hats off, man. Thank you. That I I really appreciate the the kind words on that. It um I'm glad again you were talking about how things play and how like that also screened at at Wasteland and it screened a couple times and I'm just really excited when people get it. You know what I mean? Like that one particularly, I'm like people might not connect with what this is. People might not understand like this is a love letter to like late night horror host uh goofy you know weird 
B movie love. You know what I mean? So like, it's, I'm, I'm glad that it, that it plays and I'm glad that, that, um, that it works in, in that way that people get it. I was, I was afraid, but, um, but it seems like, uh, like people who, who dig it, uh, dig it. So I'm, I'm glad about that. Yeah. And uncle Sleza was great. Like whoever that guy was, he like nailed it. So it was, it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. He, he had a good time. Uh, Jordan <laughs> is his name. Yeah. He, he came in, he was like, I, I can make this face. And like, what if, what if I have Jack Daniels bottles and they get bigger every time that we come back and like all this stuff he had, like, he was, he was loving it. <laughs> um, so I've heard this through the grapevine. I have no confirmation whether it's true or not, but I've heard that you're making a sequel to, to freak and, uh, I was wondering what you could uh, say about that or if that's even appropriate to talk about yet. Yeah. Um, so I have announced that um, I have written a script um, and there was a time where I was like really gung ho about shooting it pretty soon. Um, I will say that what it has turned into the script that I have written. Um, I don't want to compromise anything with a lack of money or resources i want to treat it like i think it should i, I don't want to make the same movie in terms of quality um we made that movie for not a lot so i if i'm gonna come back to it which i will um i want to be in a place where i could put the necessary funds and time and resource behind it to make, to elevate it to where I know it can be. Um, so that's where that's at right now. Um, I have no plans to, to shoot that at any time uh, in the like, you know, year or two years in the future. Um, we'll see what happens. Um, but yes, it will, it will happen for sure uh confirmed and i'm super fucking excited about the script um everything is just elevated and that's what i mean i i don't i don't want to elevate the idea and the script but have it be the same budget it, that just doesn't make a lot of sense to me i want everything else to elevate with it so um and i'm not quite there yet but i will get there and it will get made and um it'll be really cool but i'm working on um two uh I'm I'm bouncing in between two scripts right now um <clears throat> both are nearing some sort of completion um that are less creature heavy um kind of bringing it back to my roots of that kindness of strangers feel it won't be the same um kind of deal obviously but um and a little bit more on the uh on the extreme side of more you know my dipping into my love of the those lists of disturbing movies um they're super personal they're super bleak um and i'm really excited about both of them so uh whichever one i decide to shoot first um i think it'll be really cool but yeah so that's what i'm working on right now but freak 2 is definitely not uh, not something that I'm not thinking about anymore entirely. It will happen, and it'll be really cool. Well, that's rad, man. I'm excited to see uh, what you do in a more extreme direction. I think, I think you got it. I think, especially like just I don't know. I'm just impressed with your filmmaking, and I'm I'm excited to see what you're gonna do next. 
appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so stepping kind of away from from uh, Dead Vision and, and your filmmaking, you and I have also connected. Uh, we both share a love for murderabilia and true crime. I've mm -hmm. bought uh, a couple of, of pieces from you. And I was wondering uh, what got you into that? Um, what cases are you fascinated in? Uh, what got you into collecting? Yeah, for sure. So um, I don't really remember what it was about it that that captured my interest, but I think for me, they horror and and true crime have have gone a little bit hand in hand. You know, um, I think it's only a matter of time if you go a little deeper than than some of the surface level stuff. You 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 can find the ties between the two worlds um whether it's you know oh texas chainsaw massacre is loosely based on this guy ed gein well who is that you know or buffalo bill or whatever you know what i mean so like it's not it's not too hard to at least be aware of some of the cases and some of the you know um names in in the in that world um so I would imagine that that my interest was peaked through kind of that mutual DNA. But um, as far as collecting goes, I remember like looking through Amazon Prime or something and coming across um, this documentary called Serial Killer Culture. Have you watched it? Yeah. Yeah. So um, that was the first time that I had ever seen anybody have a collection of of things of of you know true crime artifacts and i it, i was like whoa first of all i didn't know that you could buy this and i didn't know that this existed and like this it was it was really crazy to think that like not only were were people you know writing in i didn't know about that culture i didn't know about writing inmates i didn't know about um that at the time at, at a time you know there was quite a uh a serious like output of like you know artwork coming out of the the prisons i, I didn't know any of that um so i i just found it really fascinating to learn about it at at, at a certain point and then i um i think i joined a group you know, on Facebook, one of those true crime um, collecting groups, and I bought my first piece, um, which is on its way to you, I believe, right now, um, <laughs> which is super exciting. Um, and then it was like, I it's an expensive hobby, so I could never like go full tilt in it. I would pick up what I thought was cool at the time, you know, and if I had money laying around, I'd be like, oh yeah, that that's cool. Um, but my collection was never like this massive thing. Um, but during the pandemic, um, I did uh, get a PO box and I did start to write, um, which had always been something that I was like curious about doing. Um, but I did uh, write to some uh, inmates, um, got some letters back, and uh, which was cool. Um, it's just like a lot of work. I haven't handwritten anything since like high school. I'm like, God damn, I'm not gonna keep this up. <laughs> um, but it was it was cool. Um, 
but yeah, I, um, I'm glad that I, I know that you, uh, have like you, I, I love the, the channel. I love the murderability show and tell, um, that's been super cool to, to watch. And I, I love all the stuff you do with Taylor. Is his name Taylor? Yeah. Yeah. He seems like a rad dude. Um, I remember it was after Sleezo came out. Does that, does that make sense? Um, that Dahmer commercial has like had this life of its own with the Dahmer show. Um, after that came out, we put, we just put that little clip on TikTok and it's like just shy of like a million views on TikTok. It's like so weird, but just because of that Dahmer show, but, um, Taylor's Dahmer collection is fucking unbelievable. Um, and I love that that you guys do videos together. So yeah, I I keep up with it. It's it's something that I do uh, find super fascinating. Um, and uh, yeah, um, it's it's really weird stuff. It's wild. I always said that um, my first like big check that I ever get, if I ever get like a pretty sizable check from whatever, I'm gonna buy a Gacy painting. That's all, what I've always said. <laughs> That's what I want. I just want a Gacy painting for my wall. There's so, so yeah. Uh, I actually had I had like a Gacy painting like at my fingertips, like was about to get it, and it fell through. But I feel like that's kind of like the holy grail that everyone wants in a mur murder building. <laughs> it's almost like I, for me personally, I'm almost like my collection is not complete until I have a pogo. You know? Yeah. Well, of course. <laughs> it, I mean, that's like if you think of the like singular images of true crime it's, <laughs> it's pogo the clown i mean it just it has to be um yeah. but yeah. Kind of, uh, piggybacking off what you said i totally agree i do and and i and i think that some because i think that there's a significant overlap between true crime and horror and i think people who are into horror who may have an aversion to true crime may be a little ignorant to how influenced horror is to all these true crime events because you look i think when enough time passes these real life cases and these real life criminals become like boogeymen you know like you think about jack the ripper no one thinks yeah. of jack the ripper as like a real person he's kind of just I like agree. a spooky scary guy and yeah. you mentioned ed gein like Ed Gein has a huge influence in horror. There's like, we could list at least five movies that he had. It and yeah. And iconic movies like yeah. um, that he's had an influence in that people don't even make the connection to. Like when people think of Leatherface, they're not thinking about Ed Gein at all, but, Ed, right. but Leatherface would not exist without Ed Gein, you know? Agreed. Um, and, and I think even to this in a more modern sense, I think Jeffrey Dahmer uh coming out is becoming that because i think part of the reason why this that that new uh show came out and made such a big splash it was a whole generation of people who weren't aware of jeffrey dahmer like a bunch of like gen z kids who had never heard of him and then all of a sudden they're watching netflix and they're like what the fuck you know yeah. and i think that dahmer is eventually going to become the boogeyman too well, I think that we're expediting that process. I think it's no longer about the time between, uh, you know, that th it takes to to kind of, 
you know, be have these people become boogeymen, like you're saying. Um, I think that we're expediting that in the fact that we are commercializing and we are um, like making them stars on TV. I mean, Evan Peters just won the the Golden Globe for that. You know, like in what world <laughs> is somebody winning a Golden Globe? For, I mean, he did a great job and I'm not taking anything away from him. I really fucking liked the show a lot. Um, but I'm just saying like, like it's just taking it to to a place of of removal from what it what it is which is a terrible thing that that has happened and these people were real and they existed and you know you're getting gen z being like yeah but he's hot like playing you know what i mean it's just like so weird to me um and people in my life and I'm sure maybe maybe you get it too, but like when people find out that like I had written to David Berkowitz or like ha have a Ramirez drawing in my room, people are like, that's weird. Do you want to watch Dahmer? You know what I mean? Like it just like didn't ever compute to me. I'm like, you're weirded out. This is the fucking, we're gonna, okay. You know, like if you if you want to think that's I, it it was never it was just the next step for me, and I, not that I feel like I have to defend it, but like I, I would write Freddy Krueger a letter if I could. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, why wouldn't I want to <laughs> talk to? You know what I mean? So like, it just made sense to me. But I, I mean, I get it. Um, but yeah, uh, it's super interesting. I. It's funny because speaking about the the Dahmer apartment playset thing, um, having it be on TikTok and having so many people watch it, everybody, I mean, we got some heat for that. We were like, how dare you? These people are real, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. That's why I made the fucking thing. That thing exists to show how how far we've come in the way of like, that's not too far-fetched now. I mean, the guy just won a fucking Golden Globe. It was the biggest show in the world. Uh, everybody know... I didn't make everybody know his name. I didn't do that. Um, yeah. He's on the cover of fucking... I mean, Char Charles Manson on the cover of Life magazine. I didn't do any of that. Nobody that I know did any... Fascinated anybody with anything. Um, and that was kind of a commentary on that. I'm like, yeah we are now at a point where it's not, I don't think it's too far-fetched to have a toy commercial for Jeffrey Dahmer's apartment. I, I don't think that's too far out of the realm of possibility. I really don't. Um, and I think it's, you know, funny that people took that to be serious. And some people thought it was real, which shows you again how far we've come. So it's just like, it's just super funny. I, I find it super fascinating and, and uh, uh, it made me giggle when people got mad about it. It just made me laugh. Honestly, dude, I honestly think if you did make a real line of those, you, you would sell. <laughs> I know. People were also, people were asking for it. People were like, "Is it? can I buy this? So say what you want. I don't know. Yeah, I think, I think for a lot of those people, like they don't understand that, like I was thinking about this with a lot of, the, okay, so, 
as much as as much heat as true crime gets on social media and people talk about how bad it is it is probably in the top 10 most popular genres on netflix like netflix is churning it out like fucking crazy right and how many like if you type in tapes there's like the the ted bundy tapes the john wayne gacy tapes the dahmer tape or i think the dahmer tapes is a thing right and people and people sit and will give us shit because we collect this stuff and it's like where do you think those documentarians got those tapes from? Probably from right. a collector. In fact, I know for a fact that the Gacy tapes came from a Gacy collector. Like you sure. probably walk in the dude's house and he's got Gacy shit everywhere. And people go well, like- Why wouldn't you talk Rick Staten? Why wouldn't you talk to Rick Staten about a Gacy thing? You know, yeah. his art dealer. Why wouldn't you talk to him about, <laughs> you know, it's just, it seems crazy to me. And also, what was I going to say? Um, it's weird that people have this disconnect when they are consuming that, that they don't, they don't want to call it entertainment. You're being entertained. I don't care what you have to say. I don't care how you want to quantify it. You're being entertained by this, by this terrible thing that's happening. And that's okay. Everybody has morbid curiosity about all of this terrible stuff that goes on. It's just part of it, but you can't, be upset with me or you about taking it a little further than you're taking it. We are in the same boat. I'm just paddling a little bit faster than you are. It's fine. We are all entertained by this. It's okay. It's really, I mean, it is what it is. Like you just have to, as long as you're like, yeah, I like it. So does everybody else in the fucking world. I, you know, it's, it just, it's funny how people can, uh, you know, kind of justify it in their heads. Like, oh, I'm not, I'm, I'm curious. I'm fascinated by, yeah, yeah, me too. But like, I also like to watch it. It's fine. It's all good. Yeah, it's We're like, don't, don't fool yourself. You know, when, when they come out with a new fucking uh, true crime thing on Netflix, you're like, babe, they've got a new one. Get popcorn. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. No, um, it's funny. I get a kick out of it. But kind of speaking on that, uh, you also released a true crime inspired movie on the Gainesville Ripper. And I was wondering what you could uh, tell us about that. I mean, I missed yeah, that. The, picking up that. So I didn't get to see it. But oh, I'll uh, I'll send you one. I've got some I've got some leftover. I'll send you one. Um, so, yeah, um, Chris uh, from Severed Cinema, uh, which is a, you know, a, a review site, um, a horror site, reached out to me and he was like, hey, um, I know you release some limited edition movies. Um, I'm in touch with this guy, Josh. He has this movie that he directed 10 years ago, 11 years ago, called The Gainesville Ripper. Um, he's from Gainesville. He remembers the crimes. He was like in high school when they were happening um, and he made this movie. He showed it once in Gainesville and everybody fucking hated it. Like he was, it was like, this is exploitative. This is too soon, blah, blah, blah. So he shelved it and he never showed it again. Um, and he's like, I'm trying to get him to release it. And I want you to be the one to put it on Blu-ray. And I was like, oh my God, for sure. So we like cleaned it up. Um, we interviewed him. Um you know, he gave an interview, which he hasn't given for years, I would imagine. And, um, and we put it out, we did a hundred copies of it. And uh, that was really cool. Um, you know, up until that point, I had released friends movies, you know, 
collections of shorts or whatever. Um, so that was like really the first one that was like, oh, people, this is like a lost thing. Like people either don't know that this exists or heard about it when it played and it just like never, you never heard about it again. Um, so that was super exciting. I was, I was very honored to, to have done that. Um, I'm super proud of that release. I think it looks great. Um, so that was, that was really cool. And yeah, I mean, the movie is, I mean, it's an exploitation movie for sure, but it's like fun. Herschel Gordon Lewis is in there. Um, just cool for like a second. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a cool little movie. It's super, um, ambitious in terms of like making a Gainesville Ripper movie in Gainesville, like shot it in Gainesville. It's cool. I like that sort of thing. So, uh, I was super happy to put that out. I always, I don't know what word to use, but I'm like, I, I guess I'm, I am impressed by the boldness of when filmmakers make something like, uh, right after an event happens, like there's the, what's it called that movie duck right after they shot um right after oh, the columbine movie yeah yeah like when that movie came out and they're like less than a less than a couple months after that shooting happened they're like let's fucking make a movie and shoot kids in schools and it's yeah. like the movie's it's not good it's like wow you guys are fucking bold like you know yeah yeah um yeah that's crazy um there was also, I was listening to this podcast um, and this guy made a movie called The Zodiac Killer that Agfa just put out. I haven't seen it, but I guess that movie, this is a little different, but that movie was made to catch The Zodiac Killer. The guy who directed that movie is like, I know who it is. I know who did it. And he's obsessed with the news. He like wants to be known. Um, if I make a movie about The Zodiac Killer, he's going to come to the theater. And I'm going to catch him when he's at the theater. I'm going to have the authorities there. We're going to do a, um, everybody's going to have to sign into the theater so I can like do cross-reference the handwriting with the, I mean, this guy's nuts, but like, I just think that that's, that was cool to like hear about that. <laughs> like, whoa, that's, that's crazy that, that you thought that would work. <laughs> that's, so, that's so funny that you bring that up. Like this is, I don't know, this is totally off. It's not that off, but it's weird. So when I was, young when i was like maybe 17 one of my first jobs was working at a, a water park and so and you had to like wear your uniform so i'm in my little fucking lifeguard uniform and i there was like a burger king across the street when we had our lunch break i walk over there and there's this totally crazy guy and he's just going off on the zodiac killer and oh. and <laughs> And he's like convinced, and it was right when that movie Zodiac came out, like the really big theatrical. Oh movie. yeah, 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 the yeah. David Fincher movie. Yeah, and he was like, I don't know what it was or what brought us together, but I was just waiting in line, and he just, on his own, just started talking to me about the Zodiac Killer, and I was like, Oh yeah, dude, I'm into that. And he, <laughs> like, and he was telling me he was like, uh, he's like telling me he's like, my house is bugged. Like the government's oh, trying to whoa. keep it a secret. They know who they know who the Zodiac killer is, but they don't want to tell you. And he had like a little pamphlet with the cover of the movie. And he's like, watch if you turn it upside down, it spells oh, these wow. words and says this name and shit. And uh it was it was an enjoyable lunch break. That's <laughs> cool. Maybe yeah. it was the guy who directed that other movie. Maybe he's just lost it. Maybe he's out there just like. I don't know. Trying to get yeah, people. They maybe think like 
either there's a lot of guys who are like into <laughs> if, you're conspir- if you're a conspiracy guy like zodiac is a good sure hold to go down for definitely. sure definitely definitely um well another thing that you and i share is we're both into like extreme music and uh i was wondering uh what got you into that what are some of your favorite bands um i think similarly to getting into where i am at with horror i think it was the same with music um i grew up also playing guitar you know so um falling in love with that like classic rock you know very young hendrix zeppelin all of that sort of uh thing and then you know you just you just want a little more and a little more and a little more and you get into 80s hair metal and then you get into thrash and then you get into death metal and then you get into piss grave you know so like <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it's also an evolution into how the depraved somebody can sound um and favorite bands i don't know um uh i mean i'm into the classics like everybody else is death is one of my favorite bands of all time um i love me some cannibal corpse um i just listened to that new obituary record which is so good um but um i've been into like a lot of like noisy stuff lately um i put it on to write i like i don't know it might be counterintuitive but like i put on like a lot of like heavy like noise driven stuff to write um stuff like primitive man i've been really into like that super drawn out just like drony noisy type of stuff um bell witch is another one of those that i really put on to write again just like long songs just like one chord for seven minutes <laughs> um but yeah i don't know um I like it all. I I really love the fact that there's so much of it and it's always coming out. And I just, I always have something to listen to, uh, whatever I'm feeling like, I'm like, Oh, I want to find a grind band today. Like I'm going to go find a grind band or like, I'm, I really want to listen to like the most brutal black metal that I can find. Like I'll put on, you know, whatever. Um, so that's, I'm, I'm all over the place when it comes to that. Have you listened to anything that you've been into lately well you you named like you named like primitive man and i i definitely could see primitive man uh being something to, to write to you i mm-hmm. in fact, like if i need to relax i'll listen to like sludge metal because I'm, I'm <laughs> okay it's just i don't know it's just kind yeah. of uh, I, I don't know talking about counterintuitive i don't know like grind like grindcore and sludge metal and all that stuff just relaxes me so like if i have to go to work and i'm like dreading it i'll just like play music as loud as i can on my way to work and yeah uh actually it's funny because one time my like radio broke like the speakers in my car broke so i couldn't play any music for like a week and i started kind of going crazy i was like i I can't deal with the silence yeah Uh, i'm the same way i have to like even like between like going to rooms, I like have a really hard time with like silence and stuff. So like, I'm always like, I'm on my phone, like listening to something like on my way here to get to my computer where something is happening and then the TV is going like it's I, I always have to have something so I, I can relate to that for sure. 
Um, but but one of the reasons I wanted to bring up music is that I've seen on your socials like footage or not footage, but images of you like playing playing guitar on stage. And uh, are you in any bands or what kind of music do you play? So um, I like to play all kinds, but um, I'm sure that the photos that are out there are um, from my college days. I was um, in a progressive instrumental metal band called Zombie Frogs. Um, I went to Berkeley College of Music in Boston. Um, so we uh, we were a band uh, uh, from school and um, we like toured around. We did the whole thing. Um, it was like super fun um very like dream theater periphery animals as leaders type stuff um which again i not so much i've kind of like moved away from from that but um i still have a, a you know i'll come back to it every now and again and see what's up but um but yeah that was a that was a big part of my life for a while and um i miss it a lot i'd love to play in a in a band again but i haven't gotten the chance to uh there have been some some things here and there um but to like be to like live that life again um i think would be really fun it was it was a good time so with your uh background in music um and and your films uh do you score all of your all of your films or i do yeah, yeah i do yeah i was really impressed with the score that you had uh for uh kindness of strangers i was like damn i was oh, like cool thank you yeah yeah so i mean I'll, that was, I'll... i mean that was, that was the first time that i had attempted anything like that i'd never scored anything and that was really fun it was like um a lot of like kind of drone soundscape type weird sounds that i could find on my little midi keyboard that i have so yeah it was fun and uh talk about ambitious the like scoring of sleezo like going from thing to thing and you know you uh the opening segment um scoring something that would have come out in you know the 50s or whatever uh that was a challenge i was like oh it can only be strings essentially which was cool so yeah it's it's fun i like to do it yeah i didn't, i actually didn't even think about that with with sleezo that must have been honestly dude the fact that you got that movie done in like a year and a half or whatever you said like blows me away i would have thought that would have taken like <laughs> three years at least it's it felt like it at some points but yeah i i appreciate you saying that that's uh, very nice um well uh before we come to a close is there anything else that you want to discuss that we haven't discussed yet i don't think so um no i mean if you want to if anybody wants to keep up with anything that i'm doing um uh, dead vision productions is everywhere um uh, check it out deadvisionproductions.com you can pick up some stuff in the in the shop um, there's a lot of new releases coming um, I'm hoping to shoot something new in the fall um, but a lot of new releases coming from uh, the like releasing label dead vision releasing um, so keep an eye out for that and um, I really this was awesome thank you for taking the time dude I appreciate it yeah yeah we've been trying to make this happen for a while and I'm glad we actually were able to pull it off so yeah, for sure. Same. All right, man. Have a good one. Yeah, you too, dude. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Uneasy Train Explorers Club podcast. This podcast is the product of Putrid Productions, which also produces my YouTube channels, Cinema's Underbelly, where I analyze and review extreme underground cinema, as well as my channel, Murderbilia Show and Tell, 
where I share pieces of true crime relics from my personal collection and tell the stories behind them. Additionally, Putrid Productions also has its own distribution label, Vile Video Productions, where I release my films as well as the movies of other filmmakers within the extreme horror underground. So if you want to keep the putrefication going, make sure to check out these other endeavors, as well as keeping a lookout for upcoming podcast episodes. Till next time, I'm Jonathan Doe, and this is the Uneasy Terrain Explorers Club podcast.